Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Duke, powered by Bet Online. I'm your host, Sheldon Williams, and here's your co-host, Steve Wiseman. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Sheldon. Good to be with you again. The best time of the year for college basketball, March Madness. Here we go, man. It's time to uh, time to see what the Blue Devils can do uh, in the the only tournament that really matters, right? I mean, you know, ACC. It's, it's good to win that. You know, if you win that, it's good. the regular season means you know you got to get ready. But everything points toward right now. Right now, nah. right now, it's March Madness. <laughs> it's March Madness. You know, <laughs> one of the best times. If you're a fan of basketball, whether you're pro or college, you know that this is the best time to watch college basketball or basketball. Period. Just because it's so unpredictable, and yeah. the emotions that you see from these kids when they're playing their hearts out, because every game could be their potential last game, and exactly. it's it's a fun time, especially this year. So it's it's so chaotic. So I'm gonna say that. I can't wait for the playing games, which starts tonight, I believe. And then yes. again on Thursday. Thursday? Yes. yes. No, no, Wednesday. When oh, tomorrow. I'm sorry. Wednesday. Tuesday, and the, Wednesday. Tournament, the tournament starts on Thursday. Yeah. Right. So, right. Uh, I'm not sure who's playing the first game, but I know Indiana's playing the second, the late game. They are. Yes. And then they got to head yeah. to Portland. And I want to, real quick, I want to talk to you about that because tomorrow night on Wednesday night, Notre Dame, you know, the first ACC team is going to play. Uh, they're playing Rutgers in Dayton in the first four in the late game. So it starts at like 920 Eastern. And then whoever wins that is going to be on a charter overnight to San Diego. And they're going to play Friday at 1.15 California time. Yeah. That's rough. That is rough. It's, it's like a, uh, a professional, uh, you know, schedule pretty much type thing. So yeah. it's going to be uh, tough for either team that wins that game. Obviously, if they were not in that position, they, you know, if they took care of business you know, in the regular season, they would not be in that position. I right. know like with Indiana, they lost one of their best players. Um, they were kind of going up and down when they're the new coach and things like that. So uh, they seemed to kind of turn around and then they kind of lost in the uh, in the semifinals, maybe the semifinals, the Big Ten. Against Illinois? I can't remember. Yeah. Right? yeah. There's been so many, so many basketball games I've been watching over the last uh, few days. So I, I can't remember. No, they remember lost to Iowa. They beat Illinois. They took, beat uh, Illinois, lost, lost to Iowa. Iowa. That's yeah, what it yeah, was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's, it's all kind of running together right now. Right. But, right. Um, <laughs> I, I want to go to a, a sports bar, you know, this weekend that has like all the games. So I don't worry about flipping the channels and just like literally back and forth. I'm looking back and forth, you know, that right type on. thing. So <laughs> <laughs> amen to that. That's, that's what right. Thursday and Friday this week are two of the best days of the sports calendar all year long. So, and yeah. fortunately for, for me, I'll, I'll be in Greenville. I'm going down Wednesday and then uh, uh, with the news and observer who, you know, my employer and uh, like I have for all the Duke games this year, I've been there. Thursday's practice day for the Blue Devils and all the teams that are playing in Greenville on uh, press conferences and all this stuff that you know, get to talk to us. And then Friday night at seven o'clock. So um, from my point of view on Thursday, when I get done with all the practices, I get to go watch basketball on, on Thursday night. Like I'll be at the sports bar, like you're talking about. I'll do a little <laughs> bit of that early Friday before I head over to the arena for the, for the seven ten Eastern time game. When Duke plays Cal state Fullers and the big West champion, Cal state Fulton Titans. Uh, in Duke's first game. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's here. But uh, before we, you know, before we get into that, Duke has had the number two seed in the West. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. That's 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 a yikes thing there because uh, 
Duke's history of playing games in the Western uh, part of the country in the tournament is not strong, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that later. But um, I think before we do that, we need to talk about the, the ACC tournament and how they played there, how we make it, how that makes us feel about, you know, what they might do in the NCAA is because, uh, you know, they played, uh, played well and won the first two games and then ran into, you know, one of the hottest teams in the country in Virginia tech uh, in, in the championship game. So uh, disappointing. I know for all Duke fans, because I know the team wanted to get another banner, another ACC championship banner for Coach K for the Rafters. Have to just settle for the regular season as far as conference goes. There's more work to be done here in March. But, uh, you know, what did you think about uh, what you saw in the ACC tournament for the Blue Devils? Well, for me, obviously, I wanted them to win uh, the ACC tournament, uh, especially coming off of, uh, you know, Coach K's last game at home, losing mm-hmm. to UNC. So I was all for this team. It just when I was watching them play, that next game, I know they got hit with a little bit of bug um, through the team and mm-hmm. things like that. So, but I was I was expecting fire after losing that game. A lot of energy, a lot of emotion, just kind of like just you know, you know, we all want to you know make up for what happened. You know, last game. You know, that's what I was kind of looking for. And granted, they have been fighting a little uh, still in sickness and everything, so that played a factor in it. But I was more I guess disappointed that I didn't see that type of fire in them from the start. Granted, they got a chance to actually, you know, make a run. Uh, all these games, I mean, I love it, but I don't like it when it's Duke playing. You know, all these close games, I don't like it when, you know, Duke is playing with it in those type, type of close games. But all these um, games that they actually played and going against a uh, hot beat tech team where they had to win, their backs against the wall. It's hard to play against a team when their backs against the wall with nothing to lose. And <laughs> Couture, this guy came uh, out, he couldn't uh, miss a shot. What did he go, like, seven for seven before he missed his first shot? I'm like, yeah. geez. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, this guy, and I, I know he's a you know good shooter, but not, not, not that, that good. good. <laughs> not that good. He's like, Steph Curry. A, right, right, right. He had a, a season high, career high. Yeah. Um, he just unbelievable. I mean, you know, granted, nothing taken away from him. Because like I said, he led that team and willed that team to a, a win and the first time they ever win an ACC championship as well. Right. But I just, I don't know, I was waiting for that classic Duke run and yeah. it never really fully came. Right, right. A couple of times in that game, I thought the same thing. Uh, there was a stretch in the first half when Virginia Tech went scoreless for over five minutes. It was like almost six minutes. It was nine possessions in a row that didn't score. I thought, okay, Duke's locking down on defense here. They're <clears throat> probably going to, you know, go on a run and hit, you know, and, and Duke didn't score either. I think at the end of it, Duke's maybe up two points. And I thought that's a point in the game when they could have just grabbed that sucker and had control of it and, and, and run with it. And, and it yeah. didn't happen, you know, yeah. and then, uh, so, um, yeah, a hundred couture, like, you know, uh, I know coach K after the game was really upset with Duke's defense, particularly, and if you look at the stats, like the last four games has been like four of their worst defensive games, even the Syracuse and Miami games. And yes, you look at Ken yes. Palm, they're giving up more um, points per possession than any time this year, even Very against easy. Gonzaga and Kentucky. Right. I mean, we're talking yeah. about. Um, yeah. And so that's a problem. That's a there seems to be a greediness that's missing right now. Um, I don't you know, uh, some people are using the word soft. I'm not going to go that far. Um, but, uh, on the outside, I'm talking about, but, but really, I mean, uh, like the Hunter Couture situation, 
you would think somebody on that defense on the, on the perimeter would say he's, he may have hit three shots or four shots. He's not making another one. Let me guard him. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing we, at least for me, I try to not compare teams to when I played or teams that was before me um, that I looked at. Um, I try not to compare those type things, but those factors right there where it goes back to like one-on-one or street ball or where pickup games, whatever it is, is somebody has it going and I'm a defender and I pride myself on defense, then I'm going to say, no, no, get out my way. I got him. This is my guy. I'm going to take ownership. It falls on me. You know, that type thing. We don't Mm -hmm. have somebody that's doing that. Yes, we have a veteran guy like Wendell um, Wendell Moore, Mm -hmm. but he's a guy that's been asked to do a lot of different things too. So he's not necessarily doing that. And I'm not sure if it's really in his nature, but we don't have a guy that I thought Trevor Kills was going to be that guy, especially how he started the year. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to be that guy. We will see blips of it, but it's not consistent. We got to have a guy that, you know what? I'm pushing my teammate off of him because I'm that hungry to stop this guy. We don't have that. And I wish we had that. And that's what I think going into the tournament, the NCAA, I think that's the thing that this week in practice, somebody's got to emerge that way. And, and Coach K and I know Carowell and the, everybody on the staff, they're uh, working on that. Uh, they, they were actually, you know, excited about having a few days before they go to Greenville. They're not going until Wednesday. So they had two full days of practice, Monday and Tuesday which they hadn't really had a chance to do because they played three games in a row, you know, in, in Brooklyn. And he didn't want to wear them out in between the Carolina game and the start of the ACC tournament because they were, you know, had that stress they had to play. So uh, I know that yesterday uh, on Monday in practice, he, uh, I was told brought out some, maybe some old school tools he uses to try to look for that <laughs> exactly <laughs> what they're looking for. Um yeah, and, I, I mean, I know all all too well about some of those tools and stories <laughs> and extra motivation, you know, that type thing to kind of get yeah. you going. Um, yeah. Like I like I said before, they were kind of battling uh, an internal bug as well, too. So yes, but, so you got to kind of factor that in too. It was, the, yeah, like, food poisoning. I guess apparently yeah. I went out to dinner and whoever ate something, you know, it was like anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, it went through. Coach K had it. Carewell had it, uh, and players too. AJ Griffin was not feeling well. I know for sure. Um, but hopefully, as far as I know, uh, they're all that's all that's all done. They're done with that. So um, they'll move on, hopefully healthy and uh, and try to get that done. And so uh, and then we'll see how they do, uh, you know, in the first game against Fullerton. And uh, uh, this is a good time for, to remind everybody about our sponsor bet online because everybody's looking at the brackets. They want to make their picks. Uh, now, uh, you know, so many parts of the country now it's, it's legal to do such things that used to be just office pools and between buddies and get your bookie, but now it's all, now it's all legal and above board. So, um, it's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage in the tournament and it's finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, bet online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including bracket contests, where you can have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source 
for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game starts. And the games start in Greenville for Duke on Friday again, 7.10 p.m., I should say, uh, when they meet Cal State Fullerton and, uh, you know, the champions of the Big West. Um, first of all, let's see, uh, Sheldon, I wanted to ask you about the bracket that came out on Sunday. Um, Duke was the number two seed in the West uh, behind, you know, Gonzaga, the number one team in the country. Um, I think there was some doubt whether Duke would get up to the two line. I think, you know, I was chatting with Jay Billis before the championship game Saturday night, uh, before he did the game on ESPN. And he thought if Duke had won that game, they were in line for a number one seed. Um, and which surprised me a little bit. Uh, I didn't, I thought maybe they'd played their way out of it with the loss to Carolina. And, but uh, apparently they were close. And so, I mean, uh, I thought, man, they might drop down to three, but did, did you think two was a good spot for them and, 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 and being in the West uh, against with Gonzaga in there? Yeah. So for me, I thought the number one C was kind of out mm-hmm. once we lost to uh, Carolina, but then I want to say it was what, two or three teams in uh, before us that was ranked before us. They lost in the conference tournament as well. So yes. oh, now we back in the picture and we have an outside chance again. All we got to do is take care of our own. So we mm-hmm. get to the championship, and then all of a sudden we lose to um, a hot B Tech team, and all of a sudden that that's not uh, capable of you know being that last number one seed. So I guess we were the next tier, that top number two seed, and for us to be shipped out west, you already said to yourself that we typically don't do well when we shipped out west. Um, I was part of one of those teams that we didn't do uh, too well. We lost, I think, Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight or something like that. Um, uh, my freshman year. Yeah, um, Sweet 16. Sweet 16, yeah, yeah. Sweet 16. And um, it, it just, you know, it's, it's different. I mean, like, you know, yeah, the time zone difference and then the flight going out that way. And it's, it's, it's different. It's different. No, no excuses, no excuses. Everybody has a different one. I mean, if I'm if I'm Gonzaga, I'm looking at like, dang, the two teams that we lost to, you know, Duke and um, Alabama, they're, <laughs> they're in our, our bracket. Exactly. So gotta, you know, we have a chance to go against two of them. You know, if I'm, you know, Gonzaga, I'm looking at that as well. But, I mean, we have uh, – it's, it's pretty tough anyway. I mean, you got Gonzaga, Bama, uh, Michigan State. Um, who else I just say? Arkansas, uh, Texas Tech, Texas Tech, the three Texas Tech, a uh, hot Texas Tech team. Uh, yeah. Like, we don't have any slouches. They, like, the, the committee, they didn't do Duke any kind of favors. You know, yeah, we're going to ship them out west. And then on top of that, we're going to go ahead and put all these great teams that they actually have to go through before they get to the championship in our game and everything. So it's going to be a, a tough ride, um, but we have to put our blinders on and take care of our own. Like literally we have to get back on track because like you said before, the last four games, our defense hasn't been a typical Duke defense team. And we got to get back on track to getting that stopped. Um, Cause the, the way we've been going, pretty much anybody's been going to drive them by us and get to the pad, the basket. And that's something that is not Duke defense. Not at all. And and not only that, you know, guys, I know they, they switch all over the court, right? The, the, the switching on man to man. And um, a lot of times Virginia tech was able to, to get a guard or somebody, a good ball handler matched up with Mark Williams on the perimeter. A few times that happened, which, you know, that's not what you want, right? <laughs> you want Mark out of the basket, but you switch not, it up. Not consistently. Yeah. 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 Not consistently. It, it happened a few times, but more so it was like guys like Couture, whoever there were guys were getting lost in the switches and they were wide open you know, for a three, they're not fighting their way through the screens or whatever it may be. Um, and that goes back a little bit to that toughness we talked about, right? That grit, you've got to want to 
you know, want to be there. So, um, you know, they're going to play. Now we're going to play, you know, Duke's going to play veteran teams pretty much from here on out for, for you know, foreseeable future. I mean, Cal State Fullerton has all juniors and seniors in their starting lineup. They have one sophomore, but they're, you know, these smaller conference schools a lot of times are veteran. They, the guys stay there for, you know, multiple years and, and you got veteran teams. And then Michigan State's got what, eight or nine seniors or whatever they always do. They're always veteran, right? If they get them, yeah. it could be Davidson, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's um, true too. I mean, that's the 10 7. Yeah, too. exactly. And uh, uh, and then after that would be Texas Tech, which, you know, brought in a bunch of transfers this year and they had a coaching change and then and they they maintained their play. They've been they've been a good program the last four or five years, uh, made the final four, made the championship game, lost to Virginia. Uh, that's something else I was looking at about the West bracket. And I wrote that a couple of days ago when I was analyzing it was all the teams in there that are great programs, like even UConn is a five seed. You know, they've they won two championships in the last what 10, 12 years here. I mean, they've they've changed coaches and all, but they're a program, as Coach K always says, you know, we're playing against a program, not just a team. Texas Tech has become that uh with their final four run, and then they've been a solid team lately. Arkansas is in there, they're they're on the on the way back. They you know, you go back in their history, they've they have a national right. championship in their history. Right. These aren't right. just teams that come out of nowhere, these are programs that are really good. So, and obviously Gonzaga's established themselves as one of the top programs in the country, along with Duke. So that's what's fun about this bracket. Michigan State's a seven seed, right? They were yeah. in the final four just three years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough bracket, and how you know, uh, I guess you know they they helped out Duke by keeping them close to home in Greenville, which I thought was in jeopardy. I thought they might get shipped to maybe when they lost to Virginia Tech, maybe get shipped to Pittsburgh or Buffalo, somewhere not too far away, but not the closest one. And I thought maybe Tennessee might get sent to Greenville along with, with Auburn with them when they won the SEC. But the committee uh, held true. You know, if you think back to the first bracket reveal three weeks ago, they had Duke as the number two seed in the West opposite Gonzaga. So they kind of tipped their hand a little bit and told us that's what they were thinking about, uh, the committee. And, uh, you know, what happened at that point forward, they kind of maintained Duke at that spot. They really didn't – they didn't rise, but they didn't really fall the way they did. So – I guess that's where we are. So uh, uh, we'll yeah. <laughs> go forward. Right, right. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, at this point right now, it is what it is. So we got to go out there and try to take care of our own, you know, game by game, that type thing. So right. but, um, as far as uh, us being in Greenville, I'm, I'm glad that that was a chance. Um, I was hoping that, you know, the second round would be in uh, Chicago, you yeah. know, kind of Coach Gavis. Last hurrah, being in front of his own hometown, his hometown people, and things like that, kind of like a storybook ending. Yeah, hoping for that part as well. But San Francisco is not a bad city either. But you know, it just that's true. Further, further west, it's just further west. Uh, <laughs> but it's not a bad city either. But like I said, we got to take care of our own, and that's the main thing. So where we at, it doesn't really matter. Just focusing in and lock in just six one game tournaments right you got to win six don't to exactly. think about winning six in a row think about winning thursday or friday and then sunday and then so exactly um, and exactly. it starts with friday and as we've seen you know you can't overlook anybody it's happened to duke twice in the last few years yeah, yeah lehigh yeah. and mercer right so and it was like back-to-back years too right yeah it was uh 12 and 14 there was one oh one in, in between there and 13 they made the lead eight uh uh, Mason Plumley team made the okay. eight, but but yeah, but no, it was there was a lot of guys that were on both teams actually. Right, right. right uh, Quinn right. Cook was on both teams, and that fed his hunger in fifteen. He told me that uh, you know 
and it worked out. Well, yeah, but say it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> you go from those type, those two type of years to all of a sudden the epitome of you know college basketball being a you know the champion and things like that. That's yeah, that's a great turnaround. Great right. turnaround. So uh, you know, Fullerton uh, again, they're a veteran team. Uh, they they won the Big West. They beat Long Beach uh, by a point. Uh, they haven't been a great shooting team this year. I looked at their their staff. I think they're shooting for the season 44% as a team, which isn't strong. But in the championship game, they shot really well uh, at their conference. They won, I think they shot 53% that night to win by a point. So, uh, you know, Duke's defense is going to be challenged. They're going to have to to lock down on those shooters. Um, you know, again, a 215 game, Duke's going to be the heavy favorite. It's probably the key for Duke is to get out and, and get ahead early and kind of break their spirit a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, especially if you look at any kind of um, large discrepancy between the rankings, you will see that the higher seed normally, if they don't blow, you know, blow them out right off the bat, it's a tight game for most of the first half, maybe even three quarters of the game. And then all of a sudden, I'm not sure if the team, get the lower seed team gets tired or what, but it seems like they always make a, um, a great game, especially for the first half. And then all of a sudden, you know, let's say in cream rises to the top at some point talent takes over and yeah. then all of a sudden it starts uh, separating itself, but it's always a tough 15 to 20 minutes that first 15 to 20 minutes, because we always going to get somebody else's best game. That's yeah. how it is, no matter what. So like, like you said, they only uh, typically a 44% shooting team. I wouldn't be surprised they come out and just shoot lights out, you know, especially in that first half. And, yeah. you know, just st- sticking with us as well. Um, but I haven't really seen that team, so I can't really talk much about them. Yeah. But I just know typically with the first two rounds of a NCAA tournament, it's normally like a team that you never heard of and all of a sudden starts sticking. Like, I mean, like, I want to say my sophomore year, we played against Delaware State. They had mm-hmm. five guards. And yeah. we never we never played against a team with five Ooh. guards. Like at the time, NC State, they played five out, but they had a shooting big guy with Ilian Ethemal. Yeah. He was a shooting big guy. He was a guard. They literally have five guards, and we haven't seen anything like that. And I'm out, <laughs> out on the perimeter <laughs> and not trying, I can't rebound because I'm like 30 feet out, you know, away from the basket and things like that. But it was a close game for most of the game because it was something different that was thrown at us. But again, Talent will rise to the top. The top eventually. It's just that you hope that the time will run out when that happens. You know that type right. thing. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So yeah, it is. It's a you know teams you're not familiar with. That's what this is all about. And I think the only team I did look at this too. The only team Fullerton played that made the NCAA tournament was Wyoming, and they lost to them. It was relatively close. I don't remember. I think it was maybe eight or ten points, but. Um, so they don't have a lot of experience playing somebody as talented as Duke. So okay, okay. Uh, that's where you want, obviously, that overwhelming talent should, in the end, push through. But but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Right, they right, got to right. show that grit and toughness again, right? So then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, so, uh, hopefully they find it from the get-go and not try to work their way into the games because right now they cannot work their way into any kind of game from here on out. So hopefully they out there with a lot of energy from the get-go and then kind of go from there. So, um, it, you know, I know the coaches never want to do this, but we can we can peek ahead a little bit and look at the second game, maybe, at the possibility of who Duke might play. I'm not saying it's going to happen. We're not nothing's for sure, but 
um, you know, Michigan State and Davidson. And, uh, you know, I, I think the world of Bob McKillop at Davidson, the coach down there, that's he's been there since 1989. And uh, one of the great coaches in the country that, you know, a lot of people don't know about. I mean, before Steph Curry, hardly anybody knew about him. Now, thankfully, he had that run with him and got the Elite Eight, right, almost the right, Final Four. Right. And that kind of raised the attention on his program. But they're always, you know, they don't ever go – two or three years without making the NCAA tournament at, at that little school. And, um, you know, that would be, that would be a fun matchup. Bates Jones, you know, Duke's reserve played four years at Davidson, uh, transferred to Duke as a grad transfer, not because he hated Davidson, not because he wanted to leave Davidson, but Davidson doesn't offer graduate classes. So he couldn't stay at Davidson. That's, that's why right, right. they lost Kellen, um, Kellen uh, Grady to Kentucky. Uh, the same same man. He's one of he's on continuing transferred to Kentucky. Same same thing. Uh, he wanted to play his COVID year extra and had to go somewhere else to do it. So think if they had those two guys, my God, they'd be <laughs> they'd be more than yeah. a ten seed. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. And then um, also um, having those two guys playing against Michigan State, and then it's a, a different story. I mean, some people yeah. think that uh, it may be a closer game than what it is anyway. But yeah. adding those two guys on top of that. Would gave uh, Michigan State definitely a run for his money, right? And then if it is Michigan State that wins, I mean it's K versus Izzo one last time, which would be you know for me a lot of story. I think for a lot of basketball people would appreciate that matchup. Who obviously you know want Duke to win, but uh, <laughs> but um, you know and and K you know, Coach K's history in the NCAA tournament against Izzo is is really strong. Like Duke's won most of the time when they've played Michigan State in March. The, Obviously, the exception is the last time uh, Zion and RJ's team. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Up in yeah. D.C., that one-point loss. Uh, but overall, I, you know, it'd be great to see those two guys battle one more time. They've played – it seems like they play a lot either in the Big Ten ACC or in the Champions Classic. You know, they play every two or three years. And this year they weren't on the schedule. They played last year. You know, Michigan State came into Duke and, and beat Duke in Cameron with no fans. Uh, so they have won the last two, I guess. But um, anyway. I, I would like I would like to see well either way, but uh, I, K versus just a one last time would would, would get my fire going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, two uh, big time coaches like that uh, playing again, especially one being the last year. I, I, would, I would love to see you know we call it the, the two tight Titans, you know, uh, fighting again. You know, the last time, whatever. But it, it's it, it'll be kind of cool to actually see that um, happen for the second round. But like you said, we can't really uh, look into the, you know, the you know, past, you know, Cal State Fulton, even though we want to. Uh, but then again, it could be a situation where Davidson might come out and shock some people too. And maybe a situation where like, we might play against Davidson. We don't know. I mean, it's, it's, That's it's, right. It's, it's crazy. It's just, <laughs> um, I don't want to put that out there and we get jinxed, that type of thing. So <laughs> right, I right. want to keep it close. To the chest. <laughs> On Fullerton. We're talking about Fullerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah you're right. Uh, just talking about Davidson and Michigan State, that game. You know, a lot of brackets, people pick that 10 versus 7 upset, right? It's not It's not a big upset. It's not, not, not a lot of difference in the in the seeding there. So, you know, you get the 8-9 and, uh, you know, the 5-12, there's always big time up. That's, that seems like. But the 7-10 right, right. also is pretty much a coin flip, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll see. Um before we go, before we wrap this up, and uh, uh, I would like to think, get your thoughts on who you think might be the key player for Duke 
if they're going to get out of this weekend, win two games, Fullerton and then whoever the next one might be, and get to the Sweet 16 in San Francisco. Because um, uh, I have some thoughts. Uh, you know, I, I think um, uh, it's, I think one of the guards has to step up, either Keels or Roach or something like that. Uh, uh, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are as far as both, both, both sides, shooting on offense uh, and, and defense, what you think, you know, if there's one guy that can be the key here, who do you think it might be? So when it comes down to tournament time, the key thing is having perimeter play. If you look at majority of the teams that won it, they have really good perimeter play, meaning that the defense and scoring from the perimeter is, is happening. And that's something that we need to happen. Um, I want to say Kills and AJ are two very important people. If Paula does what he does, those two are very important people right there that need to be consistent because perimeter play is something that has to be the main focus. Like I said, if you go on any other team that's won it, they have really good guards that's you know scoring the basketball. We know that Mark, he does a good job playing off others, but he's not a back to the basket, give me the, you know, give me the you know, ball, let me, you know, make a move type thing. Mm, right. We need perimeter scoring, and that's something that we need to have from not only uh, Kills and uh, AJ, but Roche come off the bench, giving us that, that we call it uh, the old school player, he's uh, Michael Yeah, Wade. yeah Vinny Johnson. Microwave, yeah, yeah. Oh, microwave, yeah, yeah. yeah for the business. So we, we yeah. was on the same page right there, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that microwave right there. So you got to have somebody come in with that big spark. And then uh, being able to keep the person that you're guarding in front of you, <laughs> something that we've been dealing with for the last, you know, four or five games and mm-hmm. having issues with, we have to do that. And if we have a consistent scores, and play defense, I think we have a great, really good chance to go deep and play in the, in the tournament. I think so, too. And I think, you know, you mentioned Roach, the microwave. You know, he did that against Syracuse. He came out and scored 19 points. Right. Played right. really well. That's a game Griffin didn't play well, but Roach came in and took care of business. And otherwise, Duke wouldn't have won that game in the, in the ACC tournament. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Keels uh, just because I think, uh, you know, his shooting has been up and down this year and didn't shoot very well against Virginia Tech. I think it was one out of seven. But the games that he's uh, – think about the Kentucky game. He had 25 points that game. He was really a difference maker. And he seems to me like he's got he's got it in there to be to be that guy we talk about on the perimeter, right? the defender, like he wants it. And uh, um, I just think it's, you know, whatever's held him back recently. I don't know he was not feeling well. And then he, he had the knee uh, – not the knee, but the leg injury earlier. You know, he had to get past that. Whatever it might be, there are times this year when he's shown he can be that guy. And I think – He's the key factor. Um, uh, you mentioned him too, but I think Keels has the potential to, to be that guy. So we'll see. We'll see if he picks it up and comes through now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping and praying for that as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just know um, with us, we we tend to get three-point shot happy as well. And one of the worst things, I can't remember, it was one of the games in the, the tournament, we wind up uh, in the first half, we would – shooting the ball really well in the first half. I can't remember what game it was in the tournament, um, who we were playing against, but we shot really well in the first half. Then the second half was opposite, and we yeah. were struggling to score from the outside. And I think it was Miami. The, I think it was Miami. Was it Miami? Yeah. And it, when we struggled to score from the outside, and I'm like, I wish we could 
have a chance to actually do both, not just one or the other. Because when we see somebody score, you know, say three threes in a row, all of a sudden the rest of the team wants to shoot all threes. And that's mm-hmm. kind of getting us in trouble sometimes because if we're not on, <laughs> we're definitely off. We don't have like, you know, like JJ on the team, <laughs> hey, <laughs> come save us type thing. You know, we don't have that on the team like that. So I wish that for our team, for this team right here, they would mix it up a lot more because we have guys that can get to the basket at will and finish around the basket against Lent. We just tend to kind of go away from that sometimes. I'm like, hey, be aggressive all the time until somebody can stop that. Just be aggressive. We have four or five guys, I mean, outside of Mark, we have four guys that can actually go to the basket at will. Make them try to stop you and then mixing some threes, you know, that type thing. But again, that's my feeling. I'm a older generation type guy. I'm not this <laughs> new new generation, all threes are in baskets, you know. That's not me. So <laughs> Steph Curry changed everything, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I know uh in the Virginia Tech game, that's one thing Coach K talked about after uh, up in Brooklyn was the team got three point happy and they ended up, I think, four out of twenty. You know, they were just only made one or two after halftime. So they didn't shoot well the whole game, really four out of 20, right. For the whole game. Yeah, but yeah. Um, they, they, they became, became too reliant on it. There wasn't enough movement on offense. I, you know, I think um, he was more concerned about their defense, but really the shooting, he thought they got good shots. They just didn't make them. But to me, like when that's happening, if you, if you're shooting poorly from three point in the game, you got to find something else to do. <laughs> like you just mentioned, Right, <laughs> right, right. Like find other ways to see the ball go into the basket, and then all of a sudden, you get a couple of layups here, get fouled, get a couple of free throws, and all of a sudden, that basket becomes a little bit bigger, and it's easier to shoot from the outside when you see the ball go in versus like, you know what? I shot the last three, four times and haven't hit, and now all of a sudden, I got pressure on me. Like, do I want to shoot it? Do I want to shoot it? You know, and you second guessing yourself. It's not in the nature and rhythm of the game. Right. Right. And then you're, then you're sunk, you know, then you're, then you're, you're thinking about it too much and that's it. So, well, we'll see what Duke does this week. Cause they, you know, again, we're taping this on Tuesday, uh, the 15th before uh, Duke plays on Friday against Fullerton down in, uh, down in Greenville. Uh, and we will, uh, Sheldon and I will be back with another pod, uh, you know, to talk about uh, how things go as we get uh, going forward here. Hopefully we're going to have many more uh, episodes over the next few yeah, weeks here please, please. <laughs> <laughs> on the road to Greenville and then hopefully San Francisco. And then in the end it's new Orleans uh, for the final four. Uh, if Duke can get a lot to pull it upset to get there, cause they're a two seed to get to New Orleans, but um, they've shown they can do that. They're, they've beaten Gonzaga this year once. And so we'll see if it happens again. But anyway, this is uh this takes care of this episode of the believe in Duke pod here on, uh, on believe podcasts. Uh, I'm Steve Wiseman for the news and observer. You can follow my coverage at newsobserver.com. I'll have, um, uh, we'll be, I'll be in Greenville and have all the stuff there and I'll be staying in touch with Sheldon and we'll, uh, we'll get back with another pod when, uh, when, when, uh, when uh, news develops, I guess, uh, as, uh, as they go through the tournament here. So, and everybody enjoy March madness. Thank you for listening. Uh, Sheldon, uh, take care of yourself and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Okay. No problem. It's March madness. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> take care. All right.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.